0: Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing podcast. This audio was originally recorded as a video, which you can watch on YouTube at Divine Truth Sharing. God bless. Hi there. Welcome to Divine Truth Sharing. I'm delighted you're here. In today's video, I'm going to share the central Teaching of Jesus, the Messiah. Now, if you've been around for any time at all, you know that there are all kinds of teachings about the divine, about the spirit world, about the afterlife, about creation. And if you've done some genuine soul searching, you will have discovered that in each of these teachings, There's a mixture of truth and maybe falsehood. Certainly I have discovered that, especially as you go to put some of these teachings into practice. The reason I'm so excited to share these messages with you is because after all the searching that I have done, I know I have found truth in these messages. I have been living these messages devoutly for several years now, and they've completely transformed me at the soul level, but also my body, my mind, my spirit, really everything. It's been a total transformation for me, and I want that for you. Unless you're already absolutely where you want to be and you know precisely where you're going in the afterworld, stick with me. Jesus and the Bible both teach us that human beings were created in the image of God. Well, what does that mean? The part of us that was created in the image of God was our soul not our mortal body, nor the spirit body that's the covering of the soul, with us now, although invisible to the human eye, but visible to the spiritual eye, which is how God sees us. And we were taught by Jesus through the messages that the way to become at one with God is to have our souls be opened to the inflowing of God's divine love which will gradually transform our souls from the image of God into the very essence. And that is what it means to be truly born again. And many people believe they understand what that means. And they believe that it means accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But Jesus came to tell us in the messages that's not what it means. What it means is to become transformed into God's very essence as Jesus was. Now, Jesus was born a little bit differently from we, and I'm not talking about the Immaculate Conception or the Virgin Birth. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus was born without the incrustations of the sins of his forefathers, And the rest of us have been subject to the sins of our ancestors just because they impregnate the DNA and as well as the culture into which we're born. But Jesus was born without that, so he was born with the purity of his soul, but he was still born human and needed to be transformed into the divine, and he did achieve that through prayer directly to God as his heavenly Father. And that's what he taught us. Go to God like a child would go to their father. And then what comes is the inflowing of the Holy Spirit, which gradually transforms the soul, filling it with God's divine love, the very essence of God. And that's how Jesus became at one with God. And so Jesus was the absolute perfect example of what it means to be born again and this is what we too can achieve if we walk in jesus's footsteps that is to say follow his example so it's not about religion and it's not about dogma it's about going to god as a child would go to their heavenly father and say abba help i'm human and i need to know what to do but mostly Won't you please love me as I love you?" And as we do that, our faith is built because a little at a time we sense some gentle, sweet presence and some inflowing of God's love, or maybe just a softening of our harder edges, or a little peace. So it starts a little bit at a time and it grows. Just like a relationship and just like much of God's beautiful creation, if you look anywhere in God's beautiful creation, much of it starts with a tiny seed that gets germinated and grows as it's nurtured. And this is the same kind of pattern that God has shared with us for how we are to grow to be His true children. So you see... He created us as animals, just like the other animals in the beautiful kingdom with regard to our mortal bodies, but he gave humanity a special gift that he didn't give to any other creature in the kingdom. That gift is the soul that was created in his image, and this is the part of us that has the ability to transform into God's very likeness. And this is what is required in order for us to be fit ourselves for the kingdom of heaven. Now we don't do it by ourselves, but our free will is absolutely required. And that's why I'm here recording this video. I'm desperately eager to get this message through to you so that you can begin preparing your soul to be with Jesus and be with the angels and dwell in the kingdom of God and live in the beautiful kingdom of heaven and claim your lovely inheritance. And there's only one way to do that. Pray to God. It's that simple no dogma, no creeds, no religion, no rituals, no sacraments, not required, doesn't need a church, doesn't need a priest, doesn't need a rabbi, doesn't need a building, just your genuine soul longing for your sweet creator to please bless you with the essence of his love, that you may know that you are God's child. That's all that's required. Now, if you are a lover of Jesus, or if you've heard about Jesus in any detail, you've probably heard that He died for our sins, and that by His blood we are saved. Well, I don't want to tread on any toes or hurt anyone's feelings, that's simply not true. I'd like to share something with you out of one of our church's books. We have these lovely books. Um, This happens to be volume two of two, Angelic Revelations of Divine Truth, and it's going to be backwards, I think, on the camera. Um, But this is available on our church website, and I'll put some information about that at the back of this video. But I just want to read to you a little passage Written by one of our early ministers, as he, his name was uh, Dr. Daniel G. Samuels, and um, he was summarizing this idea and the truth. So, what he's saying was communion with the Heavenly Father can never take place through the mistaken notion that Jesus had to be impaled on a cross by Roman soldiers on the order of Pilate, the procurator of Judea, and in accord with the uncomprehending priests so that he could appear as a sacrifice for sin, as though God needed to bring about salvation through wickedness and sin the very wickedness and sin he seeks to blot out in his children so I have a whole video on this actually it's a two-part video called Jesus was murdered that's not the plan for salvation Um, it happened Jesus did sacrifice himself for us because he allowed himself to be taken and killed. He allowed that to happen because it was preferable to going into hiding, and he was never going to deny the truth of his father, so he was never going to stop speaking about it. And those were really his only choices, right? Go into hiding, deny his father's truth or allow the wicked ones to kill him. So he did sacrifice himself for us, but that wasn't part of God's plan. God's plan was for Jesus as the Messiah, the true Messiah, to come and show us the way to heaven, and this he did. And he told us we are children of God with the potential to become divine. Now let's talk about that potential what's required. If you've seen any of my other videos, you'll know that free will is a critical aspect of our humanity. It's what makes us children of God. Because you see, if you look throughout the rest of the animal kingdom, there's very little choice. It's instinctual. The animals, um, they behave instinctively. Now they do have feelings, absolutely, and they have some limited thought capacity. And so they do make some limited choices, but they make them all in accordance with their own nature. We have a choice. We can make our decisions based on our own human nature, which is our gift from God, just like the animals, all the rest of the animals, I should say, have their gift of their nature. So we can create based on our human nature or... We can choose to claim our inheritance as true children of God and open our souls or invite God to please open our souls for the inflowing of his love that then may come his Holy Spirit and fill our souls with his love so that we can be gradually transformed into his nature, the divine nature. But we have to choose because if God forced us, then we wouldn't really be his true children. We'd be extensions of himself, like an arm or a leg or just another piece of his own being. Or we would be robots that he programmed to behave as he chose. Or we would be puppets that he controlled. So he had to give us free will. It was a vital aspect of our ability to be his true children. What all of us need to understand is that if we don't choose God, by default, we're choosing humanity. Well, I don't know how you feel about humanity these days. There's certainly pluses, but there are also a lot of minuses. And as for myself, I have a much more beautiful hope for my future than what I'm seeing around here we choose our actions god chooses the consequences now i've talked before in previous videos about earth being a playground where the consequences of our choices are quite a bit softened it's like training wheels where we get to ride that bike, or in this case, make our life choices, and we wobble around a bit, but we're not gonna really fall, because we've got the safety of those training wheels on. It's kind of similar here on Earth, where we get to make all kinds of choices and experience some consequences that tell us, are we leaning a little this way, are we leaning a little that way, but without us having the full impact of those choices so if we're kind maybe we make someone smile and that makes us feel good oh so the consequence of being kind is a smile and then the smile has that reciprocal feeling of making me feel good and then maybe i smile and they smile you get the picture right or maybe we make a choice where we eat something that we know uh, it might make us feel a little bit sick but oh boy we really want that flavor so we go ahead and we, we have it, and then we have to decide, eh, was that really worth it or not? Depends on how good we feel afterwards, right? But we make all kinds of choices here on Earth. And there are people in power making very big choices that are impacting hundreds of thousands, millions, and collectively even billions of people they're not really feeling the full impact of all those choices that they're making. They might go home and think, huh, I wonder, gee, I hope the children at the border are okay. Ah, they'll be all right. Kids are resilient, right? So they might feel a little inkling that maybe some kind of powerful decision they made today might impact somebody else, um, but, eh, I can still sit home in front of my television and click onto the next channel and I'll be okay. I'll sleep, well, maybe if I don't sleep too, I'll take a pill, I'll sleep better. You know. So we're making hundreds of thousands, countless choices right throughout our lifetime. And we're experiencing an inkling of the outcome of those choices on the other side we will experience the full impact of our choices for love or the lack of love. Remember, by default, you're choosing to be human, but the good news that Jesus, our brother, our savior, Lord and master of the kingdom of heaven, the celestial realm, came to give us is that we don't have to stay human. We can claim our inheritance as true children of the divine. And when he said the kingdom of God is within you, he didn't mean everybody. He was talking to his disciples and he was talking to his disciples because they were following in his footsteps and they were doing as he was doing. And so they were experiencing an inflowing of God's love. And once you have even the tiniest little hint of it, a glimmer, a spark, You are forever on that path. You are claimed. You may not not be fully born again at that point, but you're on that path. You have then chosen the divine love path versus the natural love path. So for myself, I've achieved a total transformation through the divine love path in mind, soul, and body. And I mentioned mine first because way back in 2009 I went through some excruciating uh, pain. I really did. And uh, for a lot of different reasons and in a lot of different ways, it was extreme suffering. And I don't wish that on anybody and you don't have to go through it. (laughs) But I did get a special gift out of it. And I want you to know that for myself... I genuinely believe that I am not personally acquainted with a single soul who would have gone through that suffering without somehow blocking it, truncating it, numbing it, pushing it aside, blinding themselves to it, and so forth. I sat with it. I did get a special gift. And the only reason I'm I'm saying these, really frankly outlandish things to you because I can't believe these words are even coming out of my mouth really but I, I want to share with you this special gift and it's very very rare at that time my thoughts disappeared so I had prior to that time been a thinker um, I was like type AAA on steroids up here I had one friend who had a PhD tell me, you have a very highly developed prefrontal cortex. I think that was just her way of saying, wow, you know, um your brain is like some kind of a computer. Um I I used to think 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 and in fact I wrote in my journal that thinking was my favorite pastime. Um, you know, it was my hobby. I loved thinking. I was really in my head. And then through this extreme suffering, all those thoughts just dried up and blew away overnight. And that's been over a decade, and they never came back. Actually, it happened on July 28th, 2009. Um, it was extraordinary. So it was uh, such extreme suffering, I actually had an out-of-body experience where I looked down on myself. and <laughs> It wasn't fun. But that gift, and the reason I'm sharing it with you is, you know, there's all different ways to come to God. It is as unique as you. Your path is as unique as you. It's not going to look like anybody else's path. Now, thoughts do occasionally float into my brain uh, since then, but I no longer just think. When I'm going about my life, whether I'm at home or I'm in the car, I'm at the store, I'm at work even, I'm just present with a clear mind. Uh, This is what um, Buddhist monks and other kinds of meditative practices have been uh, working for years to get, and it came to me in an instant. As God's grace, it was a gift. And and what I'm sharing with you is that there are all kinds of gifts. God has gifts that we can't even imagine in store for every single one of us. And there's only one way to claim them, that's go to God. I was deep, deep, deep into prayer. I had surrendered everything, absolutely everything. So when I laid it all down for God, he just took it. just took it that was the blessing he just took it and the suffering was gone with it in a blink and uh in fact at that point i still had my own nature i guess i rewrote my contract you know (laughs) i said okay god i you know i'm done and i heard the angels say well it's about time you know they've been trying to work with me for a long time to put all those thoughts down and just let go and let god, right? So I I chose god. And the consequence first was that my mind was clear. The next thing that happened was again the gradual soul development which is forever. That's going to continue forever. So it's not like I've arrived. Um my soul's going to continue to be developed eternally. But even my physical body, that was actually the last but a a little bit more than a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I went to a a retreat with our church, and I received a healing from one of our ministers, and um, I have scoliosis, and that's the curvature of the spine. Mine's not only curved, it's also twisted. I had a short leg, Uh, not by much, but a quarter of an inch, and I wore a lift in my right shoe for 17 years, and it helped a lot. Let me say, how did it help a lot? Um, Prior to wearing the lift, I used to have to take naps almost every day. I was fatigued. I was also weak. Uh, One day, I went into my chiropractor's office. I had to use the ladies' room on the way in, and I pulled the door. It was so heavy. I had to pull my whole body in it to get this door open. And anyway, and I, I told him, I said, hey, you know, I, I I, I was told by an old doctor years ago, I had a short leg, he said, well, let me just measure. And he did, and he said, oh yeah, you do. He gave me this lift. And when I walked out of that chiropractor's office, I went to use the ladies room again. I went to that same door, I went to pull it, and it, whoosh, it just about flew out of my hands. Same door, same person. Suddenly, I went from being weak to being strong, and then I no longer needed to take naps. So that lift was really important. It was super helpful, and I wore it for 17 years. So back to this healing I got about a year and a half ago. So um, I went home. I did feel the healing was helpful, but I didn't know how. And about two weeks after that, I got the message in my prayers that I should check my hips, barefoot. I should stand barefoot in front of the mirror and check my hips because my hips had been unlevel and suddenly they were level barefoot and I got the message to stop wearing the lift. So I was a little bit scared because the lift had been so important for me for so many years, but I tried it and I felt great without it. So I went without that lift for about a month and then I thought, you know, I really want to get some professional confirmation of this So I went back to my normal chiropractor and I had him check me without the lift and everything was perfectly aligned and level and with the lift I was off and he looked at me and he said that doesn't happen but it did. So even in body I've been healed. So I haven't worn that lift since. In fact, I've got a pile of them in my closet that I can't get rid of because part of me's still afraid if I throw them all out, maybe something will go back. So you see, I'm certainly not perfect. Uh, but in any case, um, that happened. And since then, I've felt the angels working with me, and I think they're straightening that twist. Um, Because I'm being guided to go through certain exercises and I think and hope that there may come a day when I need to go back and get a new x-ray and I may discover my scoliosis is gone. And this will have happened through God and the angels um, as opposed to the oh 25 years of chiropractic care that I've had, which was beneficial but certainly did not affect this kind of permanent healing. So these are the kinds of transformations that can happen, um, you know, when we give our lives to God. And from the soul level, and this is the most important piece I feel, is I have peace. I have that peace that surpasses all understanding. I used to be a person who was concerned about absolutely everything. Now, I still care deeply about just about everything, certainly all of creation, right? Almost everything. Um, But I don't have the kind of agonizing concern that I used to have. There was a time in my life when I literally sat at my kitchen table and sobbed uncontrollably over the political climate, for example. And now I still have my um, preferences, my beliefs, but I also have a complete and total peace because I understand what's happening here from the godly perspective, and it doesn't frighten me anymore because I have a much grander perspective that is a gift that I've received from our Heavenly Father, from our Creator. And you can have that gift too, and that's what I want for you. So, there are lots of spiritual teachers, and some things that are being taught um, are effective. And so they might seem kind of um, like a very high truth. Like, for example, this idea of law of attraction and manifesting your desires and things like that. Uh, There is truth in that because um, to a large degree we do create our reality. But I want to caution you that that's purely natural love. So I have another video on that called The Secret Versus The Secret Decoder Ring. So uh, this idea of the secret and manifesting your desires or whatever it is that you want to do has truth. But that's a much lower truth than God's divine truth, which is what I call the secret decoder ring. Because when you receive God's essence into your soul... You really don't need whatever on Earth it was you thought you needed a minute ago. You're at peace. You're content. You have love on the inside and love to share. And you're experiencing a beautiful life. So your needs are met. Your needs are met in God through prayer, for his love. And that's how we bring heaven to earth. Inside first, then outside from there. And that's God's real plan, okay? So um, it's been a long video, and I, I thank you for sticking with me, and your soul thanks you too. I'm getting close to wrapping up. I just want to emphasize that ignorance of the truth is hazardous. Very few people are giving a moment's thought to what happens when we die. What happens when the mortal body falls? Most people fall into one of two categories. Either they're too afraid to look So they're like, oh, please don't tell me. It's how I used to feel when I looked at my bank account. (laughs) Okay, please don't tell me. Or they say to themselves, well, I'm doing pretty okay now in this life. I'm a nice person. I haven't killed anybody lately, raped anybody, stolen anything, kicked a dog. I'll be fine. And they really believe that. I wish that was true, Um, let's just say there are levels of fine and levels of not so fine. Here in the material world we are fine because you're an animal and you've got those training wheels that we talked about. But once your mortal body drops, your animal is gone. You are only spirit at that point, only spirit. You're the same spirit that you were here, but not material. So if you've given no thought, no care, no attention, no time to develop spiritually, You're going to be bankrupt on the other side when you first cross over. Now, you're not going to be in the deepest hells because that is reserved for people who do terrible, terrible things. But you're going to be in some darkness. It's going to be a dim sort of light. And your spirit body is not going to be beautiful and shining. It's going to be underdeveloped. And dim. I don't know if you've read, uh, I think it's called Embraced by the Light by Betty J. Eady. It was a near-death experience book. Beautiful book. She was a lovely person. There wasn't anything wrong with Betty J. Eadie. She was a housewife and mother. It was a perfectly normal human being. When she crossed over, she said she was about 7% light. She was dim. That's a totally normal human right there. Is that what you want for yourself when you cross into the world of spirit? I don't think so. My mother was a lovely, lovely human being. Lovely. She was a hard worker. She was honest. She was kind. She was not a gossip ever. She never stole a thing in her life. She never broke a law. She was what you call a straight arrow or square, right? She really believed in God, she was a devout Catholic, she prayed every day, and she had genuine belief and faith in God, she truly did. But in the actual running of her life, that kind of took a bit of a back seat. So it was was strong and it was a pillar, but what took the front seat was a lot of action, a lot of activity. My mother was very much into calendars and lists and, and doing the right thing. She was very righteous, uh, but that was all up here. So it was all about mind and really wasn't about soul. And even when she went to pray, she'd be like, oh God, this all, ooh, this looks terrible. Okay, I'm gonna pray, okay, you got that, God. And then she would just still go running off and doing her own thing, right? That's completely normal, right? So my mother crossed into spirit in 2014, and this is just before I found these messages. So I was kind of in an old truth myself, and I went to see a psychic medium because I was missing my mama, and I wanted to hear from my mom, and this medium was a very good medium, is a very good medium, they do exist. he didn't know me and he didn't know my mother. He knew nothing about her. So my mother could have been a drunkard. She could have been a shopaholic. She could have been anything. She, she wasn't those. But he didn't know her is my point. Um, but what came through first was my dad. And he said, oh, your father is really strong. Now, my dad had crossed over 10 years earlier, number one. Number two, my father also, he found truth in his soul before he crossed over. My father crossed over in a very powerful soul condition. Um, He managed to find the truth through his own soul longing, Uh, but also he had 10 years on my mom in the spirit world, so he came through very strong. He said, oh, your mother's very weak, but he said it's not a physical weakness, it's a spiritual weakness. He said she's all about calendars and lists and remembering birthdays and things like that. What I'm here to tell you is what I know from reading the messages, because they have lots of uh, descriptions from people who crossed over into darkness, completely normal people who thought they were going to heaven, a lot of them, who found themselves kind of dim in darkness, wandering around with their earthly cares, wondering, hey, where's Jesus? Where's the right, you know, sitting at the right hand of God, where's heaven and all of that? And that's not what they got. And that's why I am so passionate about making these videos, why I'm spending my weekends doing this, because I don't want that for anyone. And quite frankly, I was angry with God for like three years over that. I'd never been angry with God a day in my life until I found these messages. Prior to finding these messages, I thought, oh, I don't understand how anyone could ever be angry with God. You know, I mean, I believed in God, absolutely, but I also have what I call a butterfly, unicorn, rainbow, kitty vision of the world. And, you know, I just didn't understand how anyone could ever be angry with God. But after finding the truth, I thought, how can anyone not be angry? I was pretty mad. Perfectly good people think they're going to heaven, cross over into darkness. Well, the good news is you don't have to stay there. And as soon as you open up your soul and pray for God's love... You know, the angels come and help you and pray with you, and it gets better, and you get better, and you develop, and it can happen quite rapidly on the divine love path. If you choose to stay on the natural love path, it will also, you will get to a beautiful place eventually, but it's going to take you a long time, it's going to be hard, because by your choice, it will be by your will, meaning it will be by your own power Well, again, still within God's laws, right? Because we don't make anything. Human beings can't make a single thing. God made a poppy seed. It's a sphere the size of a pencil dot that can grow into a beautiful blossom that has the power to heal or harm. I can't do that. Can you? So, you know, these people that don't believe in God or think that they are God or think they have a spark of the divine within them already, I'd like to see them create a poppy seed. So ignorance is hazardous. It's hard to hear that, but it's true. So there's lots of self-help available out there now. You got TED Talks. You've got all kinds of ways to develop on the natural love path. And if you choose to go that route, you will get better. But you're only gonna get so much better. And it's gonna take a while. Or you could just surrender and give your love your soul to god and let him carry you and i hope that's what you choose there is one more thing i wanted to share it's uh, back in the same book where we're talking about the true mission of jesus there is no sacrifice for sin you're not saved by believing on the blood of Jesus. That's not what saves you. God's love saves you. Jesus affirms this. His dried up blood cannot do what only man himself must do by turning in repentance and prayer to the heavenly Father to effect that change in his heart whereby his soul will give up evil and sin and embrace what is harmonious with God's love. The Father's help in elimination of sin from the human soul is his divine love, which, on entering the soul through prayer, removes sin and error from that soul and provides not only purification but also its transformation into a divine soul at one with the Father's great soul in nature. This is real communion.